you doing, King Monkey? I'm doing well. How are you doing? You know what? It's been a long time but since we last talked, but I'm ages. doing pretty good. Ages. It, yeah. It's literally been... Ages. Ages. Liter- literal ages. Yeah. Literal. Yes. We, we've mm. gone through a couple ice ages at this point. An, an epoch, I think, is the, uh, is the uh, geological term. I think it's called epoch. Epoch? Epoch? I've heard it both ways. Oh, boy. <laughs> but we are back with our second episode of What is Play by Post? And today we are talking about a little bit more of how to do play by post. But before we get to that, we got to do some, you know, shameless talk about ourselves moment. So, King Monkey, what was the first role-playing game you played and something memorable about it? The first role-playing game I played was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I guess nowadays you just call it first edition, <clears throat> even though we all know it came after basic. So really, first edition was the second edition, right? <laughs> anyway, splitting hair. So yeah, first edition, this would have been back when I was 13. So that would have been 31 years ago. Oh, um, crap. Yeah, right, uh, right in uh, middle school. And I remember I played... Uh, what was the thief's name? I think it was Vanadar. Vanadar <laughs> the thief, um, chaotic neutral, and as a player, I think I played her uh, initially. Him, hmm. I played him initially as uh, a very realistic person. Like, would you run out and attack dinosaurs? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> so I didn't, because that's a dumb thing to do, objectively. <laughs> And eventually ended up being turned into a woman through a gauntlet, uh, the belt of uh, gender change that they had back in the old edition. Ooh. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. steer away from that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember throwing the, dwar- the, the dwarf party member out to save my own hide because I was chaotic neutral and also an awful person as a player. Oh, and, and that trend has at least continued to this day. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I certainly have not noticed such a thing. At awesome. least I personally have gotten better. <laughs> and how about you? What was your sure first? You uh, what was your first sortie? Well, as I briefly touched on last time, my first sortie was in college, which at this point is 10, 12 years ago. Only, wow! Only twelve only, years ago. Only twelve years ago. Yeah, I, I, apparently, I'm much younger than you. <laughs> the baby of the group. <laughs> yes, of our of our huge group of two. Vast group of <laughs> but i started in D 3.5 which is a loved and hated system obviously most I of them are s- i can see the benefits and the the downsides of each but the first thing i played was a fifth level druid and i really had no clue what i was doing i i thought the druid sounded cool no one really was guiding me on it something I've tried to make sure I don't do to other people since then. But the most memorable thing I did was probably the very first offensive action I took. We were on a ledge sneaking up to some fortified position, and we were told that there were two guys on horseback guarding the pass that we were trying to travel down. And I said, so there's a ledge right there, right? And the DM goes, yeah. I said, okay. And I'm a druid. I can turn into animals, right? He goes, yeah. like. I'm going to turn into a rhino and jump on him. (laughs) 
Okay. And so the first thing I did was turn into a rhino, jump on to two NPC guards, and smush them to death. Okay. And All right. that trend has continued. I turn into things and jump on people. I mean, once you've latched onto a, a strategy that works, why turn into anything other than a rhino? Why try and engage in people in a way other than jumping on them? I, mean, I, I do. Thinking about it now, I do tend to like death from above in whatever manner I can get it. If I can be a flying archer, I'm a flying archer. And I know flying is something that everyone sort of wants to be able to do. But it's 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 a thing I'm just now noticing as I talk about it that... I tend to do a lot to, me, to try man. and That's get what that. I do. <laughs> I'm a killer from above. Awesome. So we do have to cover it's a verbs, random verb of the week. Right, right. Are you ready for your random verb? I was completely ill prepared last time and I remain ill prepared as a matter of course at present. And I don't imagine that changing. So uh, let yeah, us see no. what happens when I give you random verb of this week, which is frighten. Frighten? Ooh, frighten. frighten. Oh, I, I, I don't think I've heard that word before. Frighten? Mm. Does yeah, that mean frighten. like to give something a fright? Like to make afraid? Yes. Okay. All right. Think jump scare, only actually terrifying. Uh, actually scary. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay, can I use it in past tense as well? Or does it yes. have to be in present? Okay. I guess you can. I'm going to make better rules for this next time. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Edric the Bard, in an effort to shoo the goats which had upstaged him from the stage and thus to reclaim the spotlight that was well and truly his, attempted to make a loud, as loud a noise as he could, but succeeded only in frightening the audience away. Very nice. Uh, I'm liking this Edric of the Bard theme. Yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't think of any... I thought of Edric the Bard last time, and I guess that's what's become conditioned. It's his verb of the week, Edric the Bard. <laughs> we'll see how also, his adventures go. I also love the the uh, the announcery voice you've got going on. Edric the Bard! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Edric the Bard. <laughs> Very cool. One night well, only. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's a very different kind of bard, though. Very, very different kind. And and perhaps we will see a bard like that one day. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, last time we talked about sort of what is play-by-post and how we got there. I remember so I figured, the conversation fondly. Yes. It, it, such So long ago, and I, I know I need to remind Distant you of these memories. things. Distant memories. <laughs> At so least much has a changed. week ago, right? <laughs> so much has changed. <laughs> yeah, can, can you remember who the last president was? Oh, man. Oh, gee, no, I can't remember the last president we had <laughs> Wait, here in Canada. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You guys hired the, the weirdest people for those jobs. Not like <laughs> us here. We only have rational uh, minds behind the... Oh, I can't even finish that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but I think so, we promised not to get too political, so... Yes, we on. definitely did. That's why I went to Reagan rather than starting on today's. I mean... We're fine. It's fine. Was, Everything's fine. <laughs> Pause for edit. <laughs> <laughs> so so today we're just going to kind of hit some highlights on joining a game in Play-By-Post and kind of what that involves. We will eventually have a full episode on 
making an application for a game so that you'll get four weeks of all that fun stuff and the different opinions that we have on it that may or may not be right. Let me tell you, my opinions are right. I'm sure King Monkeys are wrong. Uh, you know, I honestly don't remember the last time I applied for a game. So <laughs> it's very likely that if I were to actually put effort into it now, I would not be very good at it. So so the first thing to, to check into is how do you find a game on the site? How do you find a game, Simi? How do you find a game? Well, the way I find a game is I don't. <laughs> games find me. <laughs> when I first when you get to game. this level of talent, the games look <laughs> yes. for me. <laughs> yes. My, my RPXP is over 9,000! <laughs> Actually, I think it's almost at 9,000 now. Oh, are we going to... Are we measuring our RPXP now? No, I just I I said that, and I was like, wait, I think I'm actually really close to that. <laughs> well, no, you brought it up. You brought it up. So now we have to we have to double oh, check. We have to look. What is it? Uh, experience, experience yes. points, right? No, yes, no. Under statistics, I believe. Oh, right? No, it's not. Uh, well, you know, oh. what? I'll just look at something that I posted in recently. Just, just go to your my account page. I believe it's uh, so much at effort. The I'm at 8,876 points total. Do, 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 do. I am looking right now. My phone's going real slow. <laughs> I've got 11,317 as of present. Okay, so yours definitely is over 9,000. Mine yeah. is approaching 9,000, finally. I mean, it's just the <laughs> difference of a couple of years, the, the being on the site, for sure. And, and number of activity in, in certain times and who you play with. RPXP, let's let's just cover that right now, sure. is not any kind of specific measurement. Nope. It's just, it, it can be kind of random because some games, your DM will give it to everyone for every post. Right. Sometimes players in games will give it for posts. It, it, some people, my personal thing is I use it as a, hey, this was super cool. And I want to make sure that you specifically know how cool that was. Right, right. I Everyone have in the past also used it as a GM when I had a player who was not terribly uh, involved in his post. And on a couple of occasions where he did put an extra effort, I was sure to add RPXP to let him know that this was what I was looking for and this is awesome. So there are lots of ways to use it. We probably will cover mm -hmm. that as we go into DM tips way in the future. Yeah. But for now... We are finding games. Let's let's find some games, Simi. Let's find some games. Let's find some games. The the most obvious place to look is game seeking players, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find that by going into the forums tab and going down to advertisements, the third block down, game seeking players. You'll find a bunch of games, what system it is, and you can look at what they're running. And that's probably the easiest way to do it. Mm -hmm. Other ways are through joining the RPG Crossing Discord and talking to people there. Sometimes people will say, I want to join a game. Sometimes people say, I want to start a game. And mm -hmm. you just kind of hit that crossing. You connect. Yes. Like a, like a Tinder for RPGX. Um, that's, sure. That's the way we'll it works, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh. so when I'm looking for a game, personally, I'm looking usually for a system I already know because... I'm kind of intimidated by new systems and asking for help. And if I don't have the time, I need someone who can show me it. Right. So I'm looking for a system I know, and I'm looking for a mid to high level start. And then I'm looking at the story third because I don't want to get invested in a story until I know that's something I want to apply to. Right. 
How about you, King Monkey? Yeah, I mean, uh, game-seeking players, if we're talking about that forum, uh, I'll do the same thing. I'll look through the systems I know, um, just because at my, at my age, there's no space left to learn a new system, <laughs> if I'm being entirely honest. Uh, but it's also a question of looking at the, uh, the you know, you go in, you look at the application uh, process, you look at the story that's being set up. I also do look at the other people who are applying. And I, you know, just to try and get an effort, um, let me try that again, just to try and get an idea where to put effort into combining my application with the other players, which is something okay. that we will touch on in the future. Definitely. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to touch a little on it right now, though, because we're going to talk about our process for applying to a game. So let's say you find that game that fits all the criteria you're looking for. I have found the game. You have found a game. What is it? You, you started talking about it, so let's just continue on. What is the kind of overview of the process you take to start applying to a game? Okay. The first, pro first step, and I, this might seem basic, read the full advertisement. Mm. Read the full advertisement. I cannot mm. tell you how many times I've seen applications in games that I have set up or that others have set up where someone has glossed over important segments of what the pr uh, prospective DM has laid out. Mm -hmm. Read the entire advertisement. Um, so then basically what you're going to do... Um, I mean, everyone has their own process for thinking of what character they want to play in any given setting. Exactly. Uh, so take a look, see if the DM has laid out any specific rules. Um, try not to ask to be the special snowflake who needs to have... Uh, different rules, like, we're doing an old dwarf campaign. Cool, can I be a gnome? <laughs> I mean, you theoretically could, but stop it. So, you know, um, go through that. Read the entire advertisement. Mm, that is good advice. That is something many DMs or prospective DMs will get frustrated at when they have to answer a question that is clearly laid out in their opening. Try and be uh, relatively detailed in your application, but not ex extensively detailed. Um, try and find ways that you can incorporate the, your ideal backstory into the game that's already been set up. See if you can find ways that it meshes with other players. Uh, try and make the process of integrating your character into the game as easy for the DM as, a, uh, as possible. And okay. uh, then, you know, try not to inundate the DM with too many questions. Ask clarifying questions where appropriate. But once you start pestering, then it can become uh, problematic for the DM. Yes. And I know there are some DMs who actually very much enjoy getting lots of questions because sure. they feel that means you're engaged. Yep. But as a general rule, it's kind of what we're saying. Everything we do is generalized mm -hmm. and very much us specific. So we, we react to people the way that we want to people to react to us. So mm -hmm. if, if King Monkey says, you know, don't inundate a DM, you could probably bet he, as a DM, doesn't like being inundated with questions constantly. I've got enough going on. So, so <laughs> we're talking about our process just to give you guys a perspective mm -hmm. on what some people do. We're, we're also hoping that maybe new people will listen to this and get an idea of what things they can try because – you can kind of be in a I don't know what to do phase when you start. So just kind of going off that, when I'm applying to a game, 
it's very different than what King Monkey does. See, I don't read the whole thing at the beginning. I skim. Yeah, no. no, no, I know. I skim a little bit for the interesting bits because sometimes there will be some prep stuff like a a prologue thing. And sometimes there will be other things. I skip right to the what is the driving force behind this campaign and character creation. Right. Because for me, I need to know, can I come up with an idea that fits those two bits? Mm -hmm. And if I don't immediately come up with something, usually I need to go back and read a little more or I just move on to another game because I don't necessarily have a ton of time to Mm -hmm. force my brain to make something. Sometimes I love an idea so much I want to, though. Yeah. Once I've kind of got an idea or two, I'll look at what people have applied for already, see if any of it eliminates ideas I've already had because I don't want to step on people's toes. Right. You don't don't want everyone applying as the Asimar Paladin, right? And I've been the player where someone came in the last minute, applied as almost the same thing I was, Mm -hmm. and then not been selected. And let me tell you, that is a horrible feeling. It can be, for sure. Because Um, I put a lot of time into it early on, and this person in the 11th hour was like, hey, I got this idea. And I'm like, oh, that's what I had. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. We didn't. We had the same idea. Oh, but I'm I, accepted. Bye. I will say one thing touching on that, though. You will get rejected for games over the course of things. Don't assume it's necessarily anything that you've done specifically. If you've put a genuine effort into your application, you think that what you put out is good, you don't get picked. It could be for any number of reasons. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. Just mm-hmm. apply to the next one. Definitely. Know? And if you get, if you're feeling... Like maybe you are doing something wrong, which, you know, no one can say your feelings aren't valid, obviously. And we all if make mistakes. Feeling... For, oh, we, yeah. We all make mistakes with applications, for sure. But if you start feeling that way, you can ask the GM, and if they have time, a lot of times they will say, here's why I didn't select you. And there are many reasons, but I will say the better person to go ask is someone else, yes. someone not connected to the game. I would say, hey, can you look at my application and tell me if there's anything here that stands out to you as off-putting or that would keep you from accepting me because mm-hmm. the DM can have whatever reasons they want for accepting who they do. Sometimes it's just everyone was amazing. This is just the best party combo, I think, or sure. these people have inner conflicts and I want a party with conflicts. So getting another perspective is always better in my opinion than talking to the GM of that game. And they, Unless also, that, they also might feel you're putting them on the spot, which is not a great way to go about getting into a game. Exactly. And they're GMs. They're very busy already. Typically, yeah. I know I've so, seen a number of times on the Discord where people will say, hey, I posted this application. I didn't get it. And I've seen people ask for advice. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, that that's great. That is the perfect place to go. The RPG Crossing Discord, go which you can Discord. find links to in lots of places. Go to the Discord already. <laughs> Hey, another thing about when you're applying to games that I never just thought of right now, check the required post rate. Check what the GM's expected post rate is. Oh, yes. They're doing posts daily. Can you do posts daily? If if it looks like a great game, but you cannot keep up, please don't apply. Mm -hmm. Because worst thing that can happen is you get accepted to a game where you just cannot keep up through all your very legitimate real life um, issues that, uh, you know, work, kids, what the whole deal. That's fine. That's all very legitimate stuff, but it does unfortunately bog down another person's game. So if you cannot meet the post rate, please don't apply. Definitely. That is that is excellent advice, King Monkey. And I'm sure you'll find games where there's all kinds of people who are like, yeah, just once a week is fine. You know? Yes. You'll find that, that's 
pretty standard these days, I think. Is it? I think once a week is is fairly standard. At least whenever I go look. Well, I guess I'm always you know, looking for once a week or slower. As there you go. See, I'm in I'm in one of Gordo's games right now, and he's a taskmaster, requiring posts every two days. Oh, jeez, uh, man, that and sounds I, horrible. No, nah, I mean, <laughs> sometimes I get tired and lazy, so being pushed a little bit is fine. But uh, and it's a good game. I'm having a good time. Thanks, Gordo. Yeah. So you, you got. <laughs> <laughs> And so you gotta you gotta figure out what you are okay with, and don't let. I would say my advice: don't let a game that intrigues you push you outside of what you're comfortable with at first, post rate wise, because that's the quickest way to burn yourself out on role playing in general is pushing yourself too hard too soon. If you get into it, you're like, I have so much extra time. Go find another game, definitely, or find ways to be involved. Sometimes. GMs will run like prologue threads that you can have like a backstory play out in the interim while you're waiting for the game to post up. Lots of ways you can keep involved in something if you need more, but definitely underestimate yourself on post rate. Yeah. Is be my suggestion to start. Yes. A very good idea, sir. A very good idea. (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, oh no, my computer just went dark. No, oh, no. you do that. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> the end of time. <laughs> so, and then to kind of support some of that, some places you can go just generally on the site, you, you have, as we talked about already, game-seeking players. But if you have that character in your head that you just, you want to play, King Monkey, do you know of a place they could put that character? Why, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, there is, right next to Game Seeking Players, there's a Player Seeking Games. Whoa, and, uh, that is it's amazing. It's crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> I know it does not get quite as much um, attention as the other forum. Hmm. But basically, if you, the idea is if you have a concept for a character, but not necessarily a game to put it in, you can go there post the details of it, and try and lure in prospective DMs and then snatch them. (laughs) My precious. (laughs) So, I mean, um, I know I've heard people talk about that in the past, saying, what's the point of it? And I can tell you what the point of it, because I have personally skimmed that. Um, Mm. There's one game that I have played and am going to be restarting in the near future where I had a person in real life that I was trying to turn onto the site, and he had an idea for a character that was like Autolycus, uh, the thief character played by Bruce Campbell in Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> um, and there was another player, Gleeful Nihilism, who was looking to play a character who was the kingdom's first private investigator. And <clears throat> being able to connect those two, because I wanted an, uh, an experienced player to go along with a new player, and I had played with Gleeful in the past, and, you know, just being able to see the combination of those two characters, what kind of plot that would entail, it was very helpful to me. So I do frequently look through there to find people to create games for. <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm probably not the only one. And I've seen in other recruiters go through, you know, just saying, hey, I've already got a game that matches your, your perspective character type. Here's the link. Come on over. Think of it as a free agency for applications. You know, give it a try. If you have Definitely. an idea, give it a try. The worst that can happen is nothing. And the exactly. best that can happen is you find a home. 
a loving home for a wayward so, half-orc warlock paladin. And sometimes just getting that character down in a concrete form can help you move on. Satisfying. Yeah. You've scratched the itch. Another place you can go, it's it's not super easy to just find on the site, but it's called the Solo Bazaar. And Solo Bazaar. Yeah, one thing you can do is use the handy search function at the top to look up a user called Awesome Eli, and his signature always has a link to the Solo Bazaar, and that's for people who want to run or play in a single or duo game. So if you have a, a very specific idea of a character and a story you want to tell, you can go find someone who wants to run that story. I actually started to run a game that way using a Spider-Man sort of wannabe, and the story was cool, but I just unfortunately ran out of time and wasn't able to keep going with that, hoping to pick it back up here in the future. But that's another place you can go looking for games or even to run a game. And then some other just miscellaneous things you can check out on the site. There are help threads for just about any mechanical topic and more than likely any other topic you're interested in. And then you had something you wanted to talk about, right, King Monkey? Yes, the general discussion thread. Mm -hmm. um, now, it's not a place to go to find, find games specifically. Um, but uh, because there are so many different games running concurrently on the site, each one with their own out-of-character thing, it can be easy to forget that there is one big out-of-character thread for everybody on the site. So maybe... You know, frankly, you've been playing with Simi for two months now, and you're tired of just talking to him in the out-of-character thread. Go to Very the general fair. discussion thread. You know, there are all kinds of conversations, and it can help you sort of make contacts and network with other players on the site. And that can help you figure out who you want to play with in the future, perhaps. <laughs> and as well, there, I mean, there are just a, a number of topics there. It's, there's always something going on, um, you know, and it's just a place to hang out. Just to chat, you know, kick back, have a coffee, and uh, discuss what you're reading or what you're watching. Yep, those those are the the very first most updated topic right now is what are you reading? Then you've got a, looks like a hobby discussion, what to watch, captioning. I assume that they put video or pictures in there and you caption them. So lots of different things you can just go in and talk about. The same thing you'd talk about maybe with your out-of-character group in a game you're playing, you could talk about with a bigger group. And maybe you have something just regular, normal, completely off-topic in your regular group that you want to talk about on the site. Never a bad idea to check out the discussion thread. Finding it, and, and we just found this out today, King Monkey said he wanted to talk about that, and I was looking all over, because I don't usually scroll down into the forums. Scroll down. Scroll you scroll down, down past where all the games are, Usually that's as far down as I've gotten, but you keep going, and then in the discussions, you've got general discussions, game rules, house rules, all sorts of different things down there. Oh, yeah, and there's like short story competitions that Ethera runs. There's people posting their own house rules. There's, there's actually a tremendous amount of stuff down there. Um, it's not related necessarily to a specific game running, which can be why people aren't necessarily looking for it. But I can tell you that there, there's a lot of information to be had down there. And if you go to the library specifically, you can sort of 
phone up on the writing talents of a number of the players on the site. And there are some, like, legitimately, there are some phenomenal writers in this forum. And oh, you yeah, might there's not people know who's actually you're published. Only, yeah, exactly. And you might not know that if you're only hanging out in your small area. You might not be exposed to the other players. Expose yourself to the other players. Don't expose yourself to the other players. Become oh exposed God. to King the other Monkey. players. And then you oh. will... That way, when you're looking at other people who are posting games later on, you'll be more familiar with the people who are posting them because you've had interactions with them. You know Which what I mean? is yet another good reason to join the RPG Crossing Discord. Join the Discord already. Everyone's exposed to everyone there. There's so much <laughs> exposition going on. That doesn't work as well. <clears throat> I, I PG-13 right in the middle of that. <laughs> Speaking of competitions on the site, mm-hmm. there are quite a few. You mentioned the, the writing, the short story competition. Right. There's also a competition called Outplay, where you build a character in a system, and then you go through challenges and then there's the Iron DM competition mm-hmm. where you're given various ingredients and then you have to build either a monster, an item, a short adventure, or a A to Z adventure. I, I've never participated in that one per, per, personally. No, neither I don't know. Have you? No. I, it's something it's I, I want to one day. I just don't have the time and I wouldn't want to throw myself in there and then feel like I, I got to do all this extra stuff. So I, yes. that said, I'm happy to look at the materials that the others are, are uh, producing. That way I can shamelessly pilfer them for my own adventures and claim the <laughs> sole credit for them in the grand tradition of being a dungeon master. And then, of course, you have things like the post of the month mm-hmm. where a post, several posts get nominated and then some judges look over those posts and pick one out as their favorite post that was nominated for that month, mm-hmm. which all then go into a big pile for post of the year. Mm-hmm. And then there's little things like the Easter bunny hunt that happens. It's just little Easter eggs. I think they hide in various forums on the site. Right. Never done that myself <laughs> either. No, I can't say I have either, but I have time constraints, which is why I'm playing play by post in the first place. So it's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah stupid kids. <laughs> stupid kids, stupid work. Yeah. Stupid you you may have heard oh the God. the time constraints in the background. Yeah. He, oh yeah, I can hear them. <laughs> I'm attempting to ignore them as any good father would. It, exactly. <laughs> Oops. Awesome. Um, any other things on the site that you we need to cover today? Can I just briefly mention that there is. No. And Moving on. All I ever wanted was to be heard. There is a place to store your character sheets on the website. That is very good. I am so glad you brought that up. Um, there is, and I don't know how out of date or active it is, there is a, oh, well, you know, the phone has stopped loading stuff for me, so never mind. That's it. There is an, there is an RPG character sheet character area, uh, and you have... 13th Age, 2nd Edition, 3rd, 3.5, 2 versions of 4.0 and 5 for D&D. You got D20 mm-hmm. Modern, GURPS, Pathfinder, Serenity, a so, Serenity Ship, Star Wars, Starfinder, and World of Darkness Classic. So if you're looking to, I mean, if you're looking for just a convenient place to store a character sheet that's readily accessible uh, to other players or DMs on the site, it just makes sense to use that rather than hosting something offline where you have to go through configuring your permissions and that sort of thing. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's a very easy and integrated way to do it. It's it's my preferred way. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've I've actually had characters link me something to from another site and said, I, I need you to rebuild it in RPG character sheet because I know exactly where to look for everything on that character sheet. Whereas the one you're giving me looks mm-hmm. different and I don't have time as the DM to learn a new sheet just for this one character. And the other thing I did want to briefly mention, and we can probably touch on it in more depth uh, in a later podcast, up in the same area, if you go to tools, you can also find explosive runes. Ah, yes. The uh, site newsletter. Cover that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and I, I still have never checked it out. I'll need to check it out when the next one comes out. Oh, I definitely have. I've seen, a, I've taken a look at a number of things there. There's some pretty interesting materials, but uh, it's something that we can discuss in a later podcast. So stay tuned. Perhaps that will be what we do for our special ones if we ever nice. have an extra weeks. We can do a explosive review of an, ep- of an explosive runes, yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And then we'll claim sole credit for it, just you and us, right? Exactly. We, we won't say that's what we're doing. We'll just say, hey, yeah. this is our this... special zine God, episode. so smart. Did you see this? This is us. <laughs> Look what we put together. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. The sheer talent. You would think this was dozens of people working over the course of months to assemble this. But no, it was us in a span yeah, of Yeah, it was just, just us kind of, you know, threw it together last minute. Yeah. Actually, we recorded for an hour just talking about what to put into it. And then we put together the whole thing and it. uploaded it to the site. That's just that's how it is. That's it. Then I wrote Dracula. Me. <laughs> Just me. Yeah. Right. I un- Unfortunately, I wrote War and Peace. Well, I won't hold it against you. I, I hope not. It's heavy. It's a very large book. <laughs> it can break a foot. You know, but, I, on the topic with, of Russian literature, though, I remember reading Crime and Punishment, and I got about <laughs> halfway through the book, and I was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. He feels bad. Can we just <laughs> – can we get somewhere with this? <laughs> So I guess what we're saying is doing classic Russian literature as a role-playing game will find you a very niche audience. And I yes. don't know that RPGX is specifically the site for that, but I'm sure you can find a way to, to make it work. I, I bet you could. But with all that out of the way, it's mm-hmm. time for... Adventure Assemble! feels like I've heard that before. It, I, like, it's a new bit I've come up with. Yeah, no, I just... Where we words, are slowly it, building a quest that we are going to go through mm-hmm. over several episodes and then talk about kind of how a player might go through that. Let me get my handy-dandy game uh, die roller here. That's very good because we need to throw in a random quest that our players are going to run into. So are we, verb. are we um, are we resuming from where we left off last week in the Ewok village full of deposed royalty? Yes, we we are going to talk about how the quest that we are about to assign our adventures is going to interact with that. Okay. So let me. Because I'm just curious to see what system of government the Ewoks adopt afterwards. Will it be a meritocracy? All right, you need to roll a d10 for me. A theocracy? No one can know. I got a nine. Okay. Okay. We're an ancient elf seeks a company of adventurers to steal a caravan of exotic goods from a rival. Hmm. An elf merchant seeking to steal a rival's goods. Okay. Okay. So we know that the story has to have the adventurers get help from these deposed royalty. Mm-hmm. 
to accomplish something because then that's when the prince dies. Right. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. You tell me if, you, if this is good for you. It's not good. Tell me if it. it's good for you like it's good for me. It's terrible. I don't like it at all. <laughs> so we have the city of Ewoks that's in the forest. Right. But it's a big forest. Mm-hmm. And a little farther away, we have a city of elves also in the forest because, you know, elves and plants and stuff. What's the system of government that the elves follow? You are very, <laughs> very stuck on the government side of these things, aren't you? Um, no, it's for, it's for uh, world building purposes. That's all. All right. Well, okay. you decide what system of government they are because it doesn't matter right. because it's an elf merchant from that city. Yes. That wants something stolen from the Ewok city. They, so the Ewoks put something Ewoks. together. They have their amazing ability to build whatever they need, right? Because they're Ewoks. Right. I mean, you give them a stick and a rock and they can throw they'll over take, anything. Yeah, they'll take out an Imperial Legion with a, with a so, stick. So the walls. elves, this elf and wants that technology badly. The and technology, sends, woods and sticks and ropes. Well, after the Ewoks touch it, it becomes special, right? Okay, so we're because positing that the Ewoks have some kind of inherent, natural, possibly druidic or sylvan magic. And I, the, I mean, I'm just going based off the source material, and those Ewoks are super effective, like Pokemon. Yeah, no, they are, for sure. So, um, so okay. the elves don't understand how that's possible, so they want a sample of that technology so they can study it and then try and emulate it. But this is so a merchant. This is a merchant. So do you think instead of studying it and emulating it for um, sort of nationalist purposes, he wants to sell that? He wants to find something that he can replicate to sell himself, right? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. They, they okay. get it, study it, figure out how it works so they can do it, and then sell it to their people. Right. Or whoever. Okay. Okay. Yeah? Sound good? I think we're good so far. All right. Yeah, so we got we got Ewoks. And we've got elves, mm-hmm. and we've got a big forest. Some kind of druidic magic. Some sort of something going on, at least. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So we will we will see how that develops next time when we throw in the random twist. This wasn't random. This this feels pretty random, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This is this is exactly what's been planned out from the beginning. Obviously. Yeah, that's okay. I'm glad that you're saying that you planned it because it sounded random. But to know that you have the deftness of skill to weave together such disparate elements—that's <laughs> it's genuinely impressive. Genuinely impressive. <laughs> but we will we will throw in a twist to all of this. So this has been pretty straightforward up till now. I think we can oh, all yeah. agree. El- right? Elves and Ewoks for sure. Elves, Ewoks, magic deposed, technology, deposed royalty, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Run of the mill, <laughs> your typical D and D game with the deposed Ewok royalty. So, so next time we will throw a twist into everything, mm-hmm. and we will each talk about what character we think is going to be sent to go and retrieve this mythical technology. All right, all right. Well, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I am as well. This is I actually when we got that first one. The, the deposed royalty, I was like, oh, crap, we are in a hole no already. Idea. This shouldn't work at all. It shouldn't work at all. We'll find a way. We will find a way. Life finds a way. That's That also sounds like I've heard it before. Did you just come up with that? I just came up with that. Man, yeah. that's, that's good. You should write movies yeah. or something. Movies. Yeah, I, I should. And you know what? You have never had a friend like me. <laughs> that crazy. I, like all, you're dropping lines flyer. that are memorable. Like memorable lines. And I'm like. 
You should be writing for like Hollywood or something. That's that's brilliant stuff. I am. Welcome to the Dramatic Reading Corner, where we highlight the posts the community has deemed exceptional. This month's selection comes from the 1st of September, 2014, by user Diaqualina, in the game Expanse by Atala Wanderer. Your reader is King Monkey. Enjoy. Stories tell of the horror that is the fetid breath of the Kraken. The mythical creature said to have feasted on a thousand souls, the corpses still rotting in its teeth. A wave of this rotten breath across your nostrils was said to be a fate worse than death. As Albrecht was lowered towards the beast's maw, he couldn't help but think that the severity of the stench was undersold. A wall of fetid air hit him like a great club wielded by the gods, seeming to permeate every fiber of his being and sickening him to his very core. He was glad that he held a bar of soap in his offhand. Though he was paralyzed by the completeness of the stench, its very presence helped him feel the slightest bit more sanitary. He tightened his grip on the bar, fearing that without its presence he may simply be consumed by the filth. The beast's teeth were another matter entirely. They loomed above him with malicious intent, opening wide about the maw that prepared to consume him whole. They were stalagmites of agony and despair, promising only death and a world of bottomless pain. They drew closer and closer, dripping with ooze and the blood of countless sailors. The Strix could do nothing. Even if the tentacle about him lessened its grasp, the sheer magnitude of the beast's frightful presence prevented his muscles from moving even an inch. And then there was darkness. He was vaguely aware that the tentacle around his waist was gone. His senses were numb and his mind a blur, while his life flashed before his eyes. Every so often he would crash roughly against the beast's innards, but he barely noticed— the strikes barely registered, unable to pierce the veil of hopelessness surrounding his mind. Surely this was the end. What did any of it matter? Suddenly, an image of his mother flashed through his mind. He saw her gentle smile, her confident demeanor and subtle grace. His father joined her, his soft features belying the sharp mind and lightning reflexes beneath. He saw Duskwing, his faithful companion, soaring on the breeze high above the land. The sky wove through the bird's feathers with the promise of a gentler world. All throughout, a single word rang through his mind. Freedom. No, this is not how it ends. The world came rushing back into his consciousness. He became keenly aware of the deep rumble of the creature of the scream from the few dwarves still fortunate enough to have their lives, of the rushing of cold air from within the beast, of the pain racking his body as he flew. Blood dripped down his face, obscuring his vision and stinging his eyes. He assumed most of it was his. 
He didn't have long to dwell on that thought before hitting the sloshing mess of fluid within the creature. The sordid mix of acid and bile sought out his wounds with a voracious intensity, stinging his tender flesh. He struggled against the sloshing tide, but the turbulence was too much for him. He silently cursed his ability to fly, and all of the time he spent ignoring the need to practice swimming. Eventually, in his flailing, he collided with something solid and grabbed hold for dear life. And as he was about to pull himself onto whatever he'd latched onto, he was suddenly weightless. The fluid rose around him. He caught glimpses of bones and bloated corpses rising above the waves. Retribution was going down, and quickly. The contents of its stomach, constrained by simple gravity, could not keep pace. He had but a moment, and he used it to beat his wings and position himself above his prize. A boat, apparently. It was worse for wear, but sufficiently intact to provide shelter from the beast's innards for a short time. The Kraken hit the ocean with a resounding crash, and the sudden change in speed set its stomach's contents to roiling. The ship rolled on the churning waves, but stayed afloat, and Albrecht kept his grip with all his remaining might. When the liquid calmed, he realized that he was not the only creature on board the vessel. The orc he had spotted earlier lay sprawled opposite him on the deck. He did not appear to be moving, but the ranger spotted signs of shallow breath and let free a small sigh. The intake that followed elicited a sharp cough, sending pain racing through his side. The air was thick here, and it burned his lungs. He suspected that before too long it would suffocate whatever creatures were still capable of drawing breath. For now, though, he was still alive. And that was all that mattered. It wasn't long before another black hand rose above the acid, grasping desperately for the ship's edge. Cyclath pulled himself over the railing as Albrecht, struggling to his knees, coughing dark blood onto the planks before him. He tried to will himself toward his companions, that he may help them, but it was all he could do to move at all. Any attempts to stand were foiled by the weakness in his legs and the occasional torrent of ocean water streaming into their prison as the warden consumed another limp dwarf. Suddenly there was a crash. His mind didn't have time to register the sound before several more followed. Explosions rocked the inside of the chamber, and flaming chunks of flesh plummeted into the fetid bog below. Cyclath, the first among them to orient himself, had loosed a deadly volley upon their assailant, and the beast roared in both anger and pain. A vortex appeared at one end of the creature's innards, now expelling the contents of its stomach out into the open air. Albrecht spun helplessly with the current his grip on the ship long since lost due to his violent acceleration. Darkness crept along the corners of his vision as he became disoriented. The sky, so blue and crisp in the cold air, was the last thing he saw before darkness overcame him. And through his mind ran a single word which, despite everything, brought a smile to his face. Freedom. This has been the Dramatic Reading Corner, narrated by King Monkey, music provided by Incompetech, 
and used under the Creative Commons License 4.0. Join us next month for more. On fire. So until next time, we will see you with part three of what is Play by Post. I have been Simi. You have. Congratulations on remembering your name this week, Verb. Thank you. And and you are? Most likely King Monkey. Most likely. I see a big picture of a monkey here, so I'm going to assume monkey is at least correct. Well, well 50%. We'll call that a passing grade. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>